It is episode 42, Odd G's podcast. Jason Martinez on your left. H. Mays on the right. We say H. Uh, it's a beautiful Thursday. It's freezing cold outside. I haven't played golf since the weekend, and I'm starting to go a little stir crazy. I have yeah. to be honest. Do you like golf in this temperature? And You know, go with a vest and a nice, uh, you know, like like a waffle shirt underneath how to keep i need it a little warmer than this i need it like in the high 40s without mm-hmm. wind i can handle it uh but our place was closed for three days because they punched the green so really, oh. this, this is the end of the season now i'm sort of looking at you know if i get three to six days outside playing golf at my place in december january and february it's probably a pretty good winter so three days total or three, three to a month? six, three to six total. Okay. Like one to two a month. If I get that, that's pretty good. Yeah. And you know, I got an indoor place that we go to now. So, you know, I'll get my fill, but this is like the first week where it really sunk in that, you know, it's winter time. Yeah. That you got to go you know into I mean? hibernation mode. Yeah. And the Eagles lost. You can actually take the clubs out of the car, Harry. Oh, they are out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're out. I mean, you're not going over the next week. So, I mean, Sunday, yeah, it's going to be a high at thirty-five. Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah, Saturday low, too. Saturday, it, it's going to be freezing. Saturday, yeah, forty on Saturday. Yeah. Low twenty-seven. Clear skies, two percent <laughs> chance of rain. Saturday, maybe next Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get a little warmer. So I have not swung a club this entire summer season, Harry. I got to get out again. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. So you know, I can't even. I can't identify. Yeah, I know. And and for like me, for me, you know, I used to play all the time. Mm-hmm. If pre-kids, right. you know, growing up, I played junior golf at Radley Run. Right. You know, and every day I grew up in a golf course all summer. Right. Had that handicap nice and low. I don't even know what it would be now, Harry. I'd probably be about a 15 or 16. <laughs> um, you know, this Which is a lot first, of people would take. This is the first show that we've done uh, where the Eagles have lost since last January. Holy shit. Are you think serious? about that? Yeah. Well, before we get to that, we got a ton yeah, yeah, to yeah. get to. All right. Um, and I'll just tell you, I'm just going to forewarn people right now. There's going to be a lot of Im- impressions today. Oh, jeez. I'm going to go into the mode now. Of course, Not my, me. Now, of course, my accountant's calling me. Oh, okay. Just yeah. to call it 11. Right. I'll call you back. Bean um, counter. That comes up today on what we're going to discuss. The term. Yeah, so tell people counter. about wealth advisors, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, they're they good. Count your beans. Yeah, Angelo had a lot of beans. Right. They're not in radio counting beans, okay? Wealth Advisory Services, if you don't know them, you should by now. Paul, Dave, and their entire team have over 100 years of first-class service working with all different levels of investors across the country. You know, there's something more powerful than luck or coincidence that helps bring financial independence. It's called planning. And as pros dedicated to continuing education and a high standard of ethics, they leave nothing to chance. Wealth Advisory Services coordinate with other trusted pros to ensure seamless management of your assets with services that range from portfolio management, insurance, tax, estate, retirement planning, and beyond. Located in Bucks County and Cape May, New Jersey, WealthAdvisoryServices.com, a personalized approach to managing your wealth. There you go. They yeah. can count your beans. That's right. <laughs> Bean counter. What an <laughs> underrated term. It really is. That's an old school term, isn't it? It is. It is. I think this podcast that we're going to discuss might bring Bean Counter back. Yes. The lexicon, you know? <laughs> well, it, uh, Bean Counter only matters if you make a lot of dough. Right, right. You know? Yeah. 
You got to have got, beans to count. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I got zipped, Harry, in, in a corporate, what they call riff, mm-hmm. which is a corporate reduction in force. Mm. And they can, you know, circumvent a cut contract by doing that. I had, I had 13 months left on my contract. Wow. And they can do that, but they cannot replace your position. They have to eliminate your position. Mm. So well, they're, they're fine with that in radio, eliminating yep. positions. Yeah, because they just, yeah. you know, they just keep Andrew in the other room as the producer. Right. And then as make the, him work harder and longer. Yeah. And yeah. for no more money. Right. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, when they when they canned me on Halloween of 2019, Ooh. first of all, I when they first brought me in, I laughed and I'm like, I got 13 months left. They're like, well, you see, there's this little thing called yeah. corporate riff as a public company when the stock goes right yeah. right to the shitter, as I would say. Yeah, and it we did. can eliminate you. Yeah, and you know the funny thing is when I signed that contract, I was guaranteed that I would not become another fucking headstone in the Cuz graveyard. That that was part of the reason for the length of the deal. Uh huh. Is was discussed because when you left, yeah, and they broke up our show, and they told me that I was going to be with Anthony. I was like, "Look, dude, I know how the, I know how this story ends. Mm-hmm. I've seen this fucking movie. He's a slasher. <laughs> oh, I'm a slasher. <laughs> There's a lot of blood. Yeah, and I, you know, I've walked past the Mac now headstone." The Stevie Martirano. <laughs> I love that you know, guy. All those guys. Yeah. And I and I was like, I think the engravers already fucking engraving my stone. Mm-hmm. And they were. Wow. And he's yeah, that, that's the thing about those contracts. They really don't really help you. They are like yeah. basically what they Nothing do is, for keep, us. is keep you from do, taking another job. Yep. Maybe when something comes up and you might be just, man, I'd love to have that position. Oh, but I can't. I'm in a contract. But yeah. when they want to zip you, there, there's no contract. Nope. You're done. And there's a non-compete. Like, it, yep. they, they, frankly, they should have just paid me out. Yeah. You know? I would have been fine with that. Work 13 right. months with nothing. Right. I mean, yeah, I would have lost a, I lost a ton of money just, like, in endorsement money. Because, you know, we had a lot of advertisers that we endorsed. You, right. me, and everybody else. And that's uh, on top of your contract. But, yeah, that was... But but that's fucking radio now, right? Right. And do you want to start there, or do you want to start with the Eagles? No, let's let's start uh, with radio. Okay, because yeah. Mike uh, Mike launched his podcast, the Mike Missinelli podcast. Um, Darren Degatano is uh, producing it. Right. He's hit me up a few times for a few numbers, and Mike has as well. Um, and I'm always happy to oblige. And I think the I think the podcast is going well. Mike's doing it. I think two days a week. Yeah, he does multiple episodes a week, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I I didn't know this, but I heard him say in the episode that there's like he's like the Philly guy for the, like the Bet Rivers um, network, and there's yeah, Francesca's in there too. Yeah, he's in he's the New yeah. York guy. Oh, geez, I can't imagine what that sounds like. I'm oh no, reject myself, <laughs> that dude. Yeah. Uh, but they're launching like with big time, you know, big names in each market, which is a, a great strategy, I think. Um, so Mike had on Angelo. Um, on his podcast to talk about the end of Angie's career, Mike's career, their time together, the launch mm-hmm. of sports radio. Being reporters at the Inquirer way back in the day in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. that was a really interesting angle to me that that's how a lot of this was. In this city, that's how it was built. In New York, it was built with radio guys. Mm-hmm. Here, it was built with print guys, right. which is far different. Yeah, yeah, in New York. I mean, Francesa was like on TV. He was on the CBS college basketball uh broadcasts i remember seeing him that was the first time i ever saw him before he started in radio 
you know, being on the panels, you know, during March Madness and stuff. And he was like sort of like an insider expert, you know, uh, dude for the college hoops. And that's, you know, that's how I came to know Francesa. And then, of course, he teamed up with uh, Russo and Mike and the Mad Dog became sort of the standard uh, for, you know, sports talk shows along with Angelo's morning show. Yeah. Yeah. And and Eskin, of course, too. Don't yeah, forget about at, him. I mean, he preceded all of them. Yeah, he was he doing that that show on WPHT, and then it turned it into WIP and the whole thing. But, you know, it's so weird because we're so close to New York geographically, but the shows were so different. Mm-hmm. Totally different way of attacking it. Now, there's a lot more teams in New York. Right. There's more. To, yeah, there's more sports to discuss yeah. on a daily basis year round there with all those teams. And, and you know, you got people from, you know, other places that move, you know, that live there and work. There. So you could really you could do some national kind of stuff there, too, yeah. and get away with it. But that was a big baseball city. I mean, you could grind up baseball on a daily basis for six months. Yep. On sports and they talk did. radio in New York. And they did, you know, Yankees, Mets, what have you. Um, in Philadelphia, it became more of the, you know, the guy talk thing and Eagles. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I believe this, Harry, that because of the popularity of Mike and the Mad Dog and the fact that they were on for five and a half hours, one to six thirty, basically every day. Crazy. Leading into baseball. And those two guys were huge baseball honks. Mm-hmm. I think that. New York was more of a baseball town because of their presence. Now you yeah. had the Yankees, obviously, and sure. the Mets, but but I think that put it more on the front lobe of people's brains because Dog and Mike talked so much baseball because they loved the sport. Well, yeah, and you had you know the, the great Yankees teams in the '90s, starting in what '96, yeah. you know, with all those World Series with Tory, you know, the the Subway Series. Yeah, uh, with the Mets a couple of years after that. I mean, there was dominance in the sports and, and star power, you know, on that on those baseball teams. So, you know, it, it became something that guys were talking about on a daily basis. Yeah. Larger than life owner. Yeah. You know, that right. wasn't afraid to spend legendary cathedral of sport where they played. And then right. you look at those teams. The history. Like, yeah. Jeter and Mariano Roger Clemens. And yeah. You know, Pettit. Andy Pettit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just great teams and, um, you know, Paul O'Neill. Bernie Williams. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I remember being down at spring training down in Clearwater when I was working at YSP. Cousin Ed and I were down there. Mm -hmm. And the Phillies, we were taping interviews and they were playing that day, the New York Yankees. Right. And like just seeing those being on the field while they're taking BP and the Yankees and that that pinstripe. Like, I'll tell you, that'll give you fucking chills. Oh, yeah. I have a like, similar that's a experience. big fucking deal, man. <laughs> I have a similar experience because that, that you know my mom lives not far from uh, you know the Clearwater Tampa area, so I went down for a week and stayed at her place, and then I'd commute in to Clearwater and Tampa and got media credentials to go to a couple of the games with the whole intent of being in the press box to go meet and introduce myself to guys who covered the sport, you know, that yep. just so I could get them on my shows. Yeah. Uh, that I was starting to do up in the Lehigh Valley. So I get down there, I set up all the media, you know, availability and I get into the press box at uh, the, t- the Yankees complex, which is across the street from where the Tampa Bay Bucks play their games. And there's Mike and the Mad Dog doing their show live from the Legends Field, I think they called it. Yeah. And correct. they're doing it right in the, the media press, the press box. 
So during one of the breaks, I went up and introduced myself to Dog, and he couldn't have been nicer. Ah, what's going on, Harry? Well, he was great. You know, he takes yeah. the headphones off, shakes my hand, looks me in the eyes. Nice to meet you. And I told him what I'm doing, and he pointed out guys in the press box. Now, there's so-and-so from Newsday. you got to go over there and, and see him. Boom, boom, boom. Two or three guys, you know, he pointed out and said, you know, um, they'd be happy to, you know, come on your show. The next break, Francesa was sitting there. Dog got up to go to the restroom or whatever. I go to introduce myself to him. He didn't even look up. Didn't take the headphones totally off. He had the one, you know, flipped off the, the one, ear. one ear. And he goes, hey, how you doing? And that was it. He said, we'll see you back after this. Yeah, the back after this. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. he was a curmudgeon, he really crummy, was. arrogant bastard. He really was. In, in an industry with a lot of that. Oh, he yeah. He kind of was the king of fucking arrogance. And, yeah. But like dog, like you mentioned, like dog doing that, seriously. Like, what did that mean to you, Harry? Oh, it meant, it meant the world at that time. He's you know, a fucking he's major a player. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's, he was part of the reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, no lie. Listening to their shows, listening to Angelo and Tony Bruno back in the day in the mornings. And, you know, and asking that. Like, that's why that's, you know, that's I grew up listening to those guys. You know, I wasn't like I was 15 years old. I was a little older, but. It was like, man, this guy took the time you know, to give me some advice and tell me to go talk to this guy. It was really cool. He engaged cool. you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, and, and uh, Harry, you got to talk to, you know, yeah. Jason Stark? He's from Philly. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's a great guest. Yeah. You know, the whole thing. Ken Davidoff over there, Newsday. You got to go see him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, he, he is great on scouting. Right. Not yeah. very good on the game. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that's what it means. And And look, sports talk personalities – what you hear on the air is not the really the person, you know, like Mike off the sometimes. air. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, Mike off the air is moves very slow. Miss hmm. Ellie, like he's very ch like almost chill. Mm -hmm. um, but on the air, he's, he's a fucking litigator. Right. 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 Frankly, he's a pain in the ass on the air. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's part of his thing. Like he is, like going to come at you and and not and show you no quarter, right? Challenge all. you, yeah, 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 yeah. But and that's part of there's what an edge. He was always on the edge. Like, yep. you know what I mean, there, he had an edge. And when that light went on, it was mm -hmm. game on, right? And Angelo off the air. I don't know that I've ever worked, and you worked with Ange too, but I don't know that I've ever worked with a guy that was more awkward off the air. Than Ange. Well, I was in sales for a brief time sales. with IP, you know, when, when Angelo was there, but I never was on the air over there. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really know him. You know, he was, I mean, he was a beast, you know, by the time that I, I was uh, trying to sell for him, but I never really, you know, it's not like I ever took a meeting with him or was ever involved in anything directly with him. Yeah. I only know him on the air. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I obviously, I was in management there for a decade. Right. I was his boss for eight years. Um, and you know, we met every day after every show mm -hmm. Monday through Thursday, cause on Fridays, it's a Borgata. Mm -hmm. Um, but Monday through Thursday, we would meet at 10 o'clock after their show and talk about the next day. They'd be planning guests and the whole thing. It'd be like yeah. me and the promotions people and the entire show. I mean, some of those meetings were insanely legendary and he would come in after a show hire in the old office at uh, Two Bala Plaza, and he would just fall into exhausted, his chair. Exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. He Spent. was shot. Yep. He was like the camera after a 20-minute segment with no calls. Right. Right. Shot. Shot. Right? And he had nothing left. Right. Be 
because I will tell you, and I've worked in this industry damn near 30 years. You've been in it a long time. I have never worked with a guy that worked as hard as he did. Yeah. And it was as diligent as him. I'd always heard the stories about, you know, when he'd go to bed, when he'd get up and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And he'd watch the games on tape or DVR or whatever. And, you know, like four in the morning, he's watching the Phillies game from the night before. And he was ready to go at six o'clock. And, I you know, listening to this thing, this podcast, I thought it was awesome. I listened to it this morning. I, did, I learned that he planned out every damn segment of every yep. damn show every damn day. And yep. they never included Al in any of it. Like Al was totally there to react hearing mm -hmm. things for the first time, which now look, thinking back to the show that really worked. Yeah. yeah. Cause nothing was like pre-planned. Like I'm going right. to say this, you say that. Right. There was no reaction that was rehearsed. Mm -hmm. And, and then I love how Angela go, Al's not a big prep guy. <laughs> like breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, call, alert the presses. Al is not a prep guy. <laughs> Hall he of Famer. Prep his wardrobe. Hall of Famer Al Morgani, by the way, yeah. which we talked about last week. But the other thing, two things really jumped out at me with, with Angelo that I didn't know. Um, he said that he had a clause in his contract mm. where Bigby, the program director, couldn't talk to him. Yeah. How awesome is that? Like That's you talk a about a player. You're yeah. a player. When you yeah. can get that written into your deal where your boss if program director. Program director. Just 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 say, look, get out of my face. I'm not talking to you and I don't have to. Check my contract. And yeah. Bigby didn't even know it existed in the contract, apparently. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that jumped out when he was considering retirement for like the second or third time, I guess the last go-round, they convinced him to come back for one more year. Mm -hmm. And they said, name your price. Yeah. Think about those two things in to this show economy, you where Harry. he was. Yes. As a legend in the business. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus, the first part with Big B and having the that he didn't have to talk, he did still correspond with him when it benefited Ange, but mm -hmm. not when it didn't. Right. So basically what it was was Big B couldn't tell him what to do. Right. And his contract, Steve Mountain's his agent still mm -hmm. is um, that contract would have been negotiated in New York, when you get to the level where Angela was, those contracts were not negotiated locally per se. So that was with Mel Carmazan, okay, who was running Infinity Broadcasting at the time, later to become CBS, CBS Radio. CBS Radio, yeah. Yeah, so that's how he got that in there because Ange had a deal in place to go to Boston, to go to New England at the time. Hmm. And they were, EEI was throwing a shitload of money at them. And they almost went. Hmm. Imagine it, had they gone. Because Al wow. wanted to go home. Angie's from Providence. You know, he's right. from Rhode Island. Whole show goes up there to New England, and he would have worked there just as well. Wow. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. That's yeah. how that all happened. That's And that's, I remember talking to Angie, and that's, he said that's when his, because he had a serious offer from Boston, his salary more than doubled hmm. to keep him wow. in Philly. And it was a good move by them good. because he's been a fucking animal. Good for him. And the other thing that jumped out right away, you know, Ange says he's cooked. Uh, he sounded sh as sharp as a tack to me. Yeah, me too. Uh, but he, they talked about how, and Mike agreed, that the job, when you do it at that level, and he, you know, even when you're just trying to get to that level, sucks the life out of you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the listener really ever understands that. They think, oh, man, you guys just go in there and talk sports. What a great life. And it is a great, it is a great job. Yeah. But when you're not on the air, like when you're on the air, it's kind of like the time to release, you know, mm -hmm. just let it go. 
those other 20 hours until your next show, whatever it is, agony. you're it's agony because you're constantly yeah. thinking, I got nothing for tomorrow. What am I going to talk about? You know, how am mm-hmm. I going to how am I going to get people interested? You're constantly thinking about the next show. Yep. And as that's a grind. As, as soon as the show ends. That's a grind. I yeah. mean, how many times do we meet after the show? Harry? What are we doing tomorrow? Yeah, because because you wanted to know so that you could just relax mentally the rest get a of the little day. head start so you could mentally relax for a couple hours right yeah right. and yep. you could get your face out of your phone not going i gotta find some story or some you know right. for a segment or sometimes it was just something bizarre for a segment or you're firing off some story to egan for the noon or whatever right 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 but life became prep and yep. it it does it does fuck with your head and when you're on the air every day too i will tell you th- say this that social media fucks with your head Yes. And that was something that these guys didn't have to deal with for a long time when, yeah, they, in the beginning. when they started. Like that was already basically there when, when I started mm-hmm. and I started in Oh three up in, in, in Lehigh Valley and you know, Twitter wasn't around yet. I think Facebook, I don't think My that space. was around yet, but the, but this, this, you know, the cell phone was becoming really, really big. I think mean, smartphones, yeah. I don't think were even out yet. No. I think that was a couple of years after. So everybody was on the next tell hire. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Into the Motorola flip phones and stuff. And Jody yeah. Mack. Let's go to uh, Bob mobilizing. Mobilizing. Yeah. On WIP. <laughs> but Angelo said that he'd always like prep. So he had basically six hours of content every mm-hmm. day for a four hour show. Yep. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Yep. amount. I mean, he had legal pads and legal pads filled. And the thing like dur- even during breaks. He was saying he always wanted to know where he was going next. Mm-hmm. He w- he never flew blind, never flew with instruments. He was always clear sighted where he was going to go and how he was going to execute each and every segment. And during breaks, I mean, he'd be getting people if energy was sagging yep. at eight thirty in the morning. He knew that was a huge hour. He was pumping everybody up during a break. I mean, it right. was so impressive to watch because you know the lifestyle is really. I mean, we had to send him all his emails for prep for the next day or giveaways or whatever by 6 30 because he was in bed asleep by seven every seven night yeah every night that's crazy man With, I, the discipline the discipline that that takes is i don't have it i'll just tell you right now i don't have it i could do morning radio i did uh, you know a, a little bit here and there but i'm not going to bed at 3 a.m or going to bed at 7 p.m there's yeah. no way i can do it yeah it, it, it's a hard thing to do and he was uh, so diligent about it and you know having some people around him like al being around him and, and Al comes off as this schlubby, you know, non-prep guy and everything, but he's actually incredibly intelligent. Oh, he's very sharp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and what Al did off the air for that show, yeah. just keeping Ange as sane as he could was like so appreciated by us in management. He was the guy to like calm things down, uh-huh. yeah. take the temperature down. Nice. And then, you know, you bring in guys like Jonesy who worked for a year and a half for free Yeah, when he retired. He had this big nut of money. He had just signed a contract with the Flyers, blew out his knee again. I think he signed a three-year deal for like five mil. Ed Snyder paid him. Mm-hmm. And Jonesy could do that and come in and came in and cut his teeth. And then eventually they realized, we got we to gotta keep this, this guy. This guy's good. Damn. This guy's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's so, like, Ange would go to Jonesy and Jonesy just delivered. Yeah. All from Corn Boy and all the lot, all that shit. Now, did he parlay that radio experience into the TV role with hockey, mm-hmm. or did he already have the TV role in some capacity? Jonesy. When he started doing morning radio, that's when he started doing Comcast Sportsnet. 
Okay. He was doing pre and post game live at first, okay. and then he's getting paid out. for that. He was just coming into Angelo a couple of days a week for free. Yeah. For, at the start. Okay. Yep. And then wow. he parlayed, you know, the pre and post game live gig when they moved on from Dorney and Coetzee as the analyst and oh, yeah. put him on TV as the analyst. And, you know, when the NHL had the lockout and came back and they came back with the OLN, the Outdoor Life Network. Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember that. That's when he picked up the national gig in Stanford, which led to Versus, which led to NBC, which has now led him to TNT. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's doing great. And, um, I, I don't think he's going to be on after Ange's show is done or mm-hmm. Al, um, but we'll see where those guys pop up. I thought Jonesy's, it was funny. Jonesy's great. Oh, he is great. I thought it was funny too when you know evidently Mike was considering making the move from print to radio, and he had consulted Angelo, you know, to see you know hey, what's this all about, and and Angelo said to him, Mike, it's fun. Yeah. Like he, you know, he was, you can just do anything you want. And it's, you know, you don't have an editor that's going to change everything that you said. Like you can say whatever you, you know, you feel and it's a blast. And that was kind of a, maybe that sort of pushed Mike over the edge to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, it, it was fun. Yeah. I had a blast. Now there was some, you know, you know, difficult days and everybody's got them and you, you know, you're at war with some certain wars. people and what yep. whatnot, but it was a blast. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I laughed and just, you know, was like oh, working into, with Bruno Harry. Oh yeah. That, well, not only him, but yeah, him, but creating radio was fun. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're just winging it sometimes and you're you get this idea and all of a sudden you're, you're into this thing. And I'm like, man, this is really, this is really cool. Yeah. Like when magic happens that yes. you didn't plan. Right. Is, right. You know, when I went, when I was working with Mike and for some reason I just started doing cuz karaoke at points mm-hmm. i would sing as anthony and the one day i sung that l king song oh i remember it to this day and mike was x's dying. and o's right yeah 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 he, have me a boy turn it to a man and i'm doing this live on the air this right. wasn't recorded i'm right, playing right. the song <laughs> i turned it to a man i told him all the things that he couldn't understand whoa and i go yo yo mikey mish they call me the bow and Mike lost it. <laughs> so we go to break and I look over and I see the hotline ringing and I pick it up yep. and it's Anthony. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> or like um, when Bernie called me and you. Oh that yeah. Day. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I have that audio somewhere. We'll have to play it sometime. Yeah. But Bernie talking to Bernie drops. Oh, that was epic. Oh, I, mean, geez. I actually got a timeless complaints about it though. Too. Did you? Oh, well, people were like, "Oh, he's of an course. old man. You're making fun of him." But I'm of like, course. "Ah, to fucking loosen up." Yeah, exactly. But the other thing with the guy talk thing was Bigby, you know, Tom Bigby's idea, and it was genius. And the other thing that I remember, you know, the difference place where, where I worked versus where you worked and they worked, there was it didn't seem like there was a team aspect to wip each show was its own individual entity and sometimes they were at odds with one another and sometimes. big big b promoted that like he wanted that kind wanted of situation angst. whereas when we started with 9 50 a.m which revolved into the fanatic we sort of had to take a team approach like we're all, all in one, this together to try to eat away at their ratings so it was mm-hmm. a totally different dynamic yeah and you know? at, you're right big b did he wanted those guys, A, no guest, you're the fucking expert. Right. You right. know, you're you're the guy they're tuning in for. They're not tuning in for whoever. 
which was and, the opposite of one of our bosses who loved the big guest and thought that was a national guy. radio thing that he mm -hmm. had and he thought that that was going to translate big in philly some did some didn't but yeah, yeah it's totally opposite of what bigby uh was after the sweet spot was somewhere in the middle of right that, right 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 um and you know pending the guest like if you have a guest that like mike always said um he, i'd book a guest and he'd be like why what mm -hmm. does that do for the audience and i'd have to either sell it or bail on the guest right um but there you had to have a guest on not just to have a guest but to bring something to the table that could foster conversation, opinion, and debate or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too. And Bigby, that, that, that station was always warring. That mm -hmm. was the hardest part about my job in management there, Harry, was I'd get email or texts and emails from the host going, why did he have this guest on? I wanted to have him on. I'm like, uh -huh. well, they booked Territorial, him. very territorial. Very. Yeah. yeah. My guest. That was right. my guy. He can't have that guy. That's my guy. Like mm -hmm. we saw that when Anthony came over sure. and Mike had Legner on and mm -hmm. was like, that's my guy. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> He's ESPN's guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. Like some like guests really worked, whether it was, you know, like Brian Westbrook or some, some I always thought Jason Stark was a great guest. Yep. A guy who, who actually from that same ilk with Mike and, and Angelo in the great sports debate in the Inquirer, Jason Stark would send you an email five hours before his guest hit mm -hmm. with talking points. Right. So you could, t the guy did prep work for his mm -hmm. fucking hits. He's a pro. And just like the nicest guy. Oh yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Unreal. Yeah. Um, the other thing that stuck out to me was when they were, they were talking about um, how Angelo decided to leave. And then they were talking about Mike's departure and Angelo, you got screwed. Yeah. You know, how about that show now? Is that what you wanted? That yes. was a great plan about the best show ever. Yes, yes. And shredded him. Mike kind of took the high road there. Well, Mike eventually admitted that, you know, probably his delving into politics all the time mm -hmm. was his downfall. And Angelo said, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what I told you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, Angelo would touch into politics, but more in a tongue-in-cheek manner. Mm-hmm. And he always had Arlen Inspector. Arlen Inspector used to call every Monday on his train ride to DC. He's a season ticket holder for the Eagles, and I yeah. remember those calls. Yeah. Good morning, Angelo. Uh huh. How are you? <laughs> he was great. But uh, uh, he'd be like, "Mr. Senator." Yeah. <laughs> and Angelo loved, you know, rubbing elbows. I remember a Christmas party at Angelo's house, and and Arlen Inspector was there. Mm, yeah. And you know, all these big wigs are there, and Angelo loved that that element of the job. So right. Um, check out the podcast. We'll give Mike a little pump here. The, the Mike Missinelli podcast. Uh, I'll tell you, Ange comes off so likable. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't love the way he does the show anymore. I think, you know, they put out a tweet the other day after the Eagles lost. Should Jonathan Gaddy be fired? I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw was that. like, oh, yeah, geez. I know. I mean, Jesus. They're fucking eight and one. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I know. I know, but you had was, a bad show yesterday. I should be fired. It, it was interesting, though, like how they talked about like it became you had to entertain like it wasn't just coming on the air and, and being Mr. Sports reporter and and talking about sports. It became, you know, you had to entertain. And I remember that the point in my career where I finally realized that uh, we had a program director. He wasn't there very long. Greg Henson was his name. Mm -hmm. and he's he's a lifer i mean he's 
bounced around in so many different markets as a host. You know, he hosted the morning show at, at the station, plus was the program director. And he pulled me aside one time because he'd listened to the night show that I was doing uh, with Yannick Cohn and Robbie Ellis. And he said, listen, he goes, like, I know you've got a personality. I need more Harry Mays and less Costas is the, <laughs> is the, the guy that he brought up. Bob Costas. He goes, I need more you, less Costas. And it took a little while for that to really sink in, but he was right. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It was, I'll, I'll never forget it. Johnny, I think Johnny Marks was there when that happened. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, a, he's aware of that conversation. Yeah. I yep. remember uh, Conklin telling the story about Bigby coming to him going, I need more. I don't need Joe Conklin. I need more characters. <laughs> like they, he never wanted Conklin to be on the air as Conklin. Right, right. Oh, well, and I'm he sending was a, a text real quick here, Harry, because I just AJ just uh, posted this said, "Yo, boys, uh, you guys are on 92.5 HD three right now. Don't ask me how I found that now. What? So I just sent a note to uh, my guy with the Flyers because the Flyers broadcast network." is on that HD3 channel, and somehow my thing is feeding that. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, maybe so they just, should make this a permanent part of 92.5 HD3. We're going to see a big spike spike in the ratings. <laughs> no, it's just me? He said it's just me, not... Oh. What do you mean, just weird. me? So is they're only getting show? your feed? I don't know. Wow, that's incredible. Or is it... it maybe it's a rebroadcast of... Uh, Stick Flyers to Daily or something. Or something. Flyers that, Daily. Okay. Wow. All right. I, I was yeah. going to say, because th this is a 92.5 HD3 is a Beasley-owned property. Oh, wow. Oh, he says it sounds like a stick to hockey or a post game. Oh, right. okay. You're freaking me out. Nah, don't get me all excited here, AJ. Uh, Jesus. Forget that. <laughs> me and Harry were back on terrestrial radio. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it really is a good episode. It was great to hear both their voices uh, mm -hmm. again. You know, again, it kind of harkened you back to, you know, like it's why I'm I. It's why I got into the business is listening to those guys in the '90s. Yeah, I you think know? you made a good point. Um, uh, that you know, doing the job is fun, and in a lot of ways, it's very therapeutic. The four hours on the air, mm -hmm. very cathartic to get all the shit out. And that's the thing too. Like people don't realize, like they, oh, I can do that. I, I know, I know sports, but right. it's not about knowing sports. No, it's about it's being not. able to carry an entertaining program for four hours. And you don't have the option here of going, hey, there's no phone calls. Here's Led Zeppelin. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my. Let's God. play an album side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, until uh, Jason Starks uh, hit at three o'clock or whatever. Yeah, we got 20 minutes. Let's play Cashmere and a right. uh, whole lot of love. You know? And the levee breaks. Yep. And then we'll follow that with a whole lot of Rosie from, AC, from ACDC. Oh, man. A whole lot of Rosie. Hilarious. Anyway. But good podcast. Um, I'd suggest everybody uh, listen to it. Yeah, I'm going to send Mike a note about it, yeah. too. We gotta get, we'll get Mike on, too. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's time. Me, Mikey Miss and I break bread and... Yeah, I mean, the last time I appeared uh, publicly with Mike anywhere was when I was I called into his last show. I was like, "You got anything else planned?" You know, <laughs> I came off like an insensitive prick, but I thought it was his call, so I didn't know. Well, what do you want from, you want from me? It was funny too because Angelo gave props to Howard Eskin for you know his place in the business and you know mm -hmm. sort of you know 
putting helping put WIP where WIP is. And Mike couldn't talk. give Mike couldn't give him any credit because he hates him. Yeah, he could he couldn't <laughs> he utter just the can't words. Get past it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. AJ says uh, the radio programming in this city is fucking trash now. That drive home slot is the worst thing I've ever heard. I don't mm. listen to it, so I don't listen anyway. So yeah, so I can't. Know. I can't really comment on it. I got friends on that show, you know, mm -hmm. like I know Hunter a little bit. He's a good dude. Hockey man, mm -hmm. play junior. Um, I've known, I hired Ty. I brought Ty to the fanatic. Right. Frankly, I brought Ty to the fanatic. Twice. So I could get out of doing Mike's show. Well, no, you brought him to the fanatic, but did you, did you bring him to IP too? I didn't bring him to IP, but I worked with him at IP. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't bring him. I wasn't in a hiring position at that time. Um, I did fire the camera from WIP. Mm. As a producer, he was Eskin's producer. Yeah, I remember. And he went over to the Fanatic, and then I took his programming job at the Fanatic, too. Mm. I'm going to go take his morning show next hour. Me and you were going to take his morning <laughs> show for him. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I just oh, go and God. take his shit. I can just do I could just do it as him. You probably could. Yeah. You might be more entertaining. Oh, um, uh, let's get to that Eagles loss now. Well, first of all, I got to tell you about Psalm Sleep. Yeah. Because, didn't put you know, me to sleep. That was maybe maybe game. when Angelo finally retires, he will get some sleep. Uh, but because if you're having trouble getting enough sleep at night, some sleep has you covered. The scientifically advanced some stack includes ingredients that are naturally found in your body. And sleep is the best form of recovery. And it has helped N. Pharrell, not for long, media founder and NFL tight end Colin Thompson take his game to the next level. It's quite simple. All you got to do is drink one serving just 30 minutes before bed and your body will naturally calm itself down. It's like a decompression, you know, situation. Other sleep supplements, they're going to leave you groggy in the morning, but not Psalm Sleep. You're going to wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day. Make sure you check them out at getsom.com and use the code G's, J-E-E-Z, for 10% off your order. Get Psalm Sleep. I love it. And just going to have to get a lot of sleep, get their yeah. sleeping habits back in order. Um Monday night football. We didn't get a lot of sleep Monday night because of the game, Harry. And it went right down to the wire. Mm. It just shows you how hard the NFL is. Um, yeah, you know, to, to just keep getting wins. The only team in the division that was under five hundred was Washington, but they come in here. I thought they yep. just played a really diligent game, and maybe the Eagles were just due. I don't think it's a big deal. They lost. No, I, I don't either. But uh, you know, it was. You know, the Eagles got out to a good start. I mean, they were up 14-7 the end of the first quarter, a couple of really nice drives. And you thought, oh, you know, this is going to be another win. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Hertz throws an interception, a deep ball that gets picked off. And That was whole, a hell of an interception. The whole game seemed to change right there. Yeah. You know, because, you know, Washington went on two more big drives, and they consumed the ball. I mean, they held it for six, seven minutes on all these scoring drives, running the football, churning third downs. They added so many third and shorts, which was really not typically what they do. Typically, they're a team that gets first down. They get stuffed for no gain. Second down, they run it for three yards, and you got a third and seven. And, you know, you start building up those third and longs. A guy like Heineke is not going to get that done on a consistent basis. But they had a lot of third and shorts to their credit. Uh, they did get a, a call or two to go their way or not get called. That I mean, that face mask was an obvious face mask on the Goddard fumble. I don't know how all those yeah. officials missed that, but that was a big play. Um, but I'm not saying the Eagles lost because the officials. I, Washington had a great game plan. They ran the football. They converted third downs. 
Heineke made enough plays. He had a really smart, heady play at the end there to take the knee, give himself up, and let Brandon Graham slide right into him and get the penalty. I mean, that was – say what you he, want about him. That he was swapped like a European oh, soccer did. player. He absolutely did, but it worked. Yeah, um, it looked like know. he got shot by a sniper rifle from the upper <laughs> deck. Yeah, well, the World Cup's right around the corner. Maybe, yeah. maybe he was channeling a little World Cup. I but, uh, yeah, that. big win for Washington and, and, you know, a loss for the Eagles. But uh, they're six, six-and-a-half-point favorites, I think, now out in Indianapolis, which is kind of a weird game given the fact that Indianapolis has a new coach now and they got a win last week uh, in Las Vegas. They yep. got a great running back, too, and that's really the Eagles sort of their – Achilles heel is run defense. You saw it on display Monday night. Yeah. Uh, they, they go out and get Linval, Linval Joseph, former New York giant uh, to help uh, be a run stuffer. They signed him just the other day, you know, cause uh, Jordan Davis is injured. And I think, you know, you're starting to see that, you know, the big kid, the first round pick was actually, you know, he's helping you big time against the run uh, because they haven't been really the same team against it since he's been gone. So big challenge this week with that, uh, with that running back in Indianapolis. Yeah, and that controls the clock too, keeps yep. hurts in the offense off the field and dictating the pace. And and yeah, at game number two for Jeff Saturday. Saturday. Colonel's favorite coach. Oh God. <laughs> He's got I I mean, I think that we should chip in some money here on the OG's podcast and get an Indianapolis Colts Jeff Saturday jersey <laughs> and give it to him. But spell it how he says it. Right, right. S A H dash E R R R dash D E E. Saturday. Yeah, D. D. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Oh, man. Like, I'd love to get him on again, but I just, that fucking internet of his is I just know. so shit. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. I'd love to have him. I'd love to have him on like every other week. Yeah, get him on. We got to get him on in person. Yeah. I think, I think we should take the show on the road, Harry. Where? We should do a live show somewhere. Well, like on site at some bar or something uh, up uh, up in your neck of the woods or King of Prussia or the city or something. No, I'm I'm down with that. If, as long as we could technically pull it off, you know, with the, I mean, could we do that just with our, you know, a laptop or. Yeah. And we just have to plug into some sort of PA system. Uh, right. I have a lot of those, you know, from all the music shit I have in here, amps and stuff like that, but a PA mm -hmm. and most bars have that on site. We need some backline, Harry. Backline. What does yeah. that mean? I don't know That's, what that means. A backline is when like a, a band comes in or a singer or a guitar player comes in and the backline's already there of a drummer and a bass player. Oh, okay. The rhythm section. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to happen. It happens a lot in the blues world. Mm. You just give me something in the key of E blues. And the guy just riffs over top of it and solos like a maniac. Yeah. Brian Cunningham su suggests Barnaby's. That used to be one of my haunts over there in Havertown. Yeah, I mean, they got multiple. They got Havertown. They have uh, one in Westchester. Right. Matter of fact, um, yeah, Barnaby's would be a good spot. I know a guy over there. Let me contact him. Yeah, I, I saw, speaking of Westchester, I saw the uh, Stooley Presidente uh, was out in Westchester last Portnoy. week eating, eating pizza. Oh, really? Yes, at Pizza Westchester, I think, was the place the place was called. And because uh, they had, Barstool had their basket, college basketball tournament not really a tournament. It was like a double header that they held at the Wells Fargo Center uh, uh, a couple of days ago. And I think they were all in town for that. So he uh, went out to Westchester and ate pizza. I'm, I'm looking through his Twitter feed. Okay, here it is. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, oh, at Benny's. Yeah, Benny's Pizza. That's uh, right around the, uh, right on uh, 
church, I want to say. I thought, well, maybe he did more than one then, because I thought this was called like Pizza Westchester or something. Maybe he did. That's the first one I saw. Let me see. I'm going down to see if he does another one. But he liked um, it. He gave it a good, pretty solid review. Yeah. Whenever I take Evan to go get the haircut, get the mm-hmm. salad trimmed hair yes. over at uh, yeah. at uh, Cruising Style Barbershop. Uh-huh. A buddy of mine I went to high school with uh, owns that joint, Craig. Right. Um, and yeah, that's the only one. It, we stop at Benny's and, and pick up a couple slices after. Nice. Good spot, Benny's Pizza. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. amazing. Like that, that guy goes and eats eats a slice of pizza, and everybody's watching him. Yeah, they it's go, incredible. They go fucking nuts, right? About- okay, yeah, Benny's Pizza. That is the place. I mean, they they had. Wait, that's a different one. No, that's a different one. There was another one. So he did. Uh, he do must two have, of them. He must have done multiple ones in Westchester, huh? Yeah, in and around Westchester. Yeah, the one on Benny's was eighteen hours ago. Yeah, that's no. This was like a, a couple days ago, I want to say. What the hell are they doing out here in Westchester? Well, the, you know, they're oh, they're right. headquartered. Yeah, here it is, Westchester Pizza Cafe, and this was a day ago that he posted this. This Where is a is different we- joint. Westchester. P- oh, I see it here now. Yeah. Where's Westchester Pizza Cafe? I don't know, but Brent, evidently Brent Selleck hangs out in there. He knows the owner, and they call, they called Brent Selleck while he was in there, and they put they gave the phone to him, and he's talking to Selleck. Oh, really? Okay. At this place. All right, it's on 701 Neald Street. There you go. The oh, owner's I'm friends kidding. with Selleck, I think. Okay, yeah, Selleck yeah. lives in the area now. He lives right up the road right. from me here. Right. Oh, this looks and like a barstool. Nice yeah. Barstool's actually they're they're part of Penn Gaming, and I think they they have a headquarter. I think they have a spot in Philly, so I okay. think he's here every now and then periodically. Okay, yeah, yeah. Brent's doing the real estate thing, commercial real estate, and he lives uh, right up the road, right up nine twenty six here from me. Do we still have commercial real estate? I thought the pandemic killed that. Yeah, look at uh, definitely a different business. Ruin tomorrow goes get Kern an old school ISDN line. Yeah, yeah there you go. He never the had to connect it, Joe. <laughs> I would, he'd be like freaking out. Oh, I connected thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey I, I think you sell him short because those he's from back in the day when you'd have to go to you know send your story in on this Pilot. crazy on this crazy contraption that device that they used to use. Yeah, it was like a like fact the, machine. Yeah. And he used to, he'd have to know how to do that. So I think he could do it. He, is Kevin Cooter, Eric, he helped me. <laughs> right? Well, on, the, on, on, the beat, the night. on the Beat podcast. Are they still doing that? Yes. Yeah. Good podcast. I had dinner yeah. with uh, Kevin Kevin Cooney the yeah. other night. He was covering the Flyers game, and he and I were sitting down having a little a little meal. Nice. Talking about the business. Yeah. In the I'd love it when Angela would bring him on. Kevin Cooney. Nobody's doing it better. Nobody. <laughs> Jack McCaffrey, nobody's doing it better than him either. Oh my God, so great! I saw Jack the, the, the Jack appearances on that show were legendary too. Oh, oh, so they were angry. they were great. So angry, <laughs> um, Harry. I want to hit you on a couple things out the door here, real quick. All right. I, I found this book. My mom got this for me years ago, and I forgot about it. And I found it when I was cleaning out some shit out of the studio closet. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Bathroom Factor Flush Book. Oh, geez. True or false trivia for people on the go. So it's like one of those ones you stick in your in your shitter. Yeah. And it's just got like a list of uh, 10 fact. Find the flush factor. The quiz that gives you a heads up. 
the Flush Factor's account of how many false trivia items you'll find below. See if you can spot the quartet of phony falsehoods among the facts. So let me give you 10. All right. But I was never one that liked to read books or magazines uh, in the bathroom. I want to get in and get out of there as quickly as possible. So you don't bring your phone in when you go to take a a deuce? Well, I bring my phone in because my phone's always on my possession. So, yes, I do. But I'm not one that's going to sit there and, and like, finish until I read an article and then finish. Like, I'm getting out of there. Yeah, I'm more video on the shitter than I am reading. Okay. No, I'm a YouTube shitter, Harry. (laughs) I'm in the bathroom so goddamn much. Um, So let's start with this one, Harry. All right. Number one, the lava lamp was inspired by an egg timer. Is that fact or fiction? I remember the lava lamps. In fact, when I was a kid, I thought they were so cool. Like my some of my older cousins. My older cousins always had them in their rooms, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I never had one. But I thought, you know, there was something like out of the late 60s, early 70s type of deal. I thought mm-hmm. you're saying it was because of an egg timer or that's it was what, what invented. That's what inspired the the lava lamp. I'm going to say false. Oh, you would be incorrect. Really? Yeah. That was an egg timer producing a lava lamp. It says, fact, the psychedelic icon of the 60s was invented by British accountant Edward Craven Walker in 1963 after he was inspired by an egg timer he saw in a pub. So you are 0 for 1 right now. Egg timer? I, I, I'm not I don't visualizing see the, the egg timer. I don't see it at all. I don't even know what no. an egg timer looks like. I, I, me either. Is that just That's why I said false. Yeah. yeah you used right. to flip the hourglass over for two minutes and you'd make the soft-boiled eggs. Hmm which I am still a huge fan of. I'm not a fan of that. All right. Number two, elephants are anatomically incapable of turning their heads side to side. Is that mm. fact or flush? Side to side. I'll say, yeah, uh, true. That would be incorrect, Harry. Oh, you are no good at this. <laughs> these, uh, these questions are not in my wheelhouse. They have a similar range of motion as humans. Really? Right, let me give you one in your wheelhouse, Harry. Mm. Number three. Mm-hmm. Going full Rob Ellis on the quiz questions here. CBS TV stands for Combined Broadcast Service. Uh, false. You are finally correct. Isn't it like Continental Broadcast Service? Columbia. Columbia. Okay, okay. Columbia yeah. Broadcasting System. Okay. All right. Um, let me give. Uh, this might be in your wheelhouse too. Correct for number three. Number four. What number? Four. A common weather. Or no, sorry. Chesapeake Bay was formed from a meteor impact crater. Huh. Now you've been down in that area, Harry. Oh, sure. Um, Is that fact or flush? From now, say it from a meteor. What? From a meteor impact meteor. crater. That's I'll say. I'll crater. say true. That is absolutely correct. You are yeah. now two and two, Harry. Two and two. Yep. It says, fact, the area that is now so beautiful and lush with wildlife started with a really bad day about 35 million wow. years ago. How do they know that? I don't know. You know? Maybe they checked the uh, the papers. Like nobody was around here 35 million years ago to, to write that down and put it, you know, put it somewhere. Angelo started 35 million years ago. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me give you this one. The Donkey Kong video game was originally intended to feature Popeye the Sailor. I'm going to say true. 
Oh, you nailed it. Fuck, yeah. you are on fire right now. You. I was never a big Donkey Kong or arcade guy. No? No. No, right, I never video. That. I never got into video games or anything. I'm a little wow. weird. Um, it says the Nintendo folks couldn't get the rights to Popeye, <laughs> Bluto, and Olive Oil, that love triangle, and it turned yeah. into Donkey Kong, so named because its inventor thought donkey yeah. meant stupid in English. Yeah. It does. It does. Remember, I, I'd always, I you know, I got that from Eskin. I'm going to give him props. So he would call some team like a donkey team. Yeah. And then I'd use donkey. When you and I did the, the, the radio show, that was always a, a, a favorite word of ours. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of some donkey broadcaster. <laughs> Brian Cunningham says, not Popeye Doyle hair. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a French connection for, uh, reference, isn't it? Yeah, that's not, Gene Hackman's character, right? Yep, not Popeye, not Popeye Jones, oh, father of Seth Jones of the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> you knew I was going there. Yeah, um, the clamp which held the Enola Gay, uh, the atomic bomb on the Enola Gay, in history's first nuclear attack was made by one of the Marx brothers. What? The, the clamp? clamp that that it released from. With that that clamp was made by a Marx brother. And that sounds so stupid. I'll probably say it's true. Yep, you're correct. Yeah, now, now which we... Marx brother? Zepp. Zeppo. Zeppo. Not Giuseppe. <laughs> Zeppo. You can get a Zepp in uh, Norristown. Is that it's right? A, it's a good sandwich. It has salami in it. Ooh, yeah. I like that. A Zepp. Um, all right, let me give you two more. All right. Soap Diva Susan Lucci. Oh, yeah. She always finished second in the yep. uh She the finally awards. won, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and Emmy. Uh, she is actually the daughter of icon Phyllis Diller. Factor flush. Wow. I remember Phyllis Diller. Yeah. She would always have the boas, like the, mm-hmm. the, the furry boas. And she'd have, have that uh, the cigarette with the long filter on it. Yeah, you know, like a stick. A, it was like a piece that you put the cigarette into and you'd smoke it. Like, sort of like Hunter Thompson. Used yeah. to do Hunter S. Thompson had yep. that. Uh, I'll say true. That is incorrect. Oh, okay. Well, who is so, she? I don't know who she is, uh, the daughter of, but that's a, that was a rumor that was oh. not true. Right. I have three more for you. Actually. Hold on. Steve Danzies checks in. He goes, not S.D. Jones, the wrestler. Wow. <laughs> who would get his butt kicked every week. Yeah, S.D. Jones. Yes. <laughs> special Delivery Salty. Jones. Was it Special Delivery? Special Delivery Jones. It's yeah. a great wrestling name. <laughs> Um, so that was incorrect. So now, right now, you are one, two, three wrong, four right. Hmm. Um, Richard Nixon funded his political pan- campaign with the thousands of dollars he won playing poker in the South Pacific during World War II. Factor flush, Harry. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to say false. Oh, you're incorrect. Fact. He learned poker from fellow naval officer James Stewart and once turned down a dinner invite with Charles Lindbergh to host a poker game. Jeez. Pretty crazy. Wow. All right, last one. All right. Tiger Woods is a movie buff who has a $5 million collection of film props, including the Batmobile and Dorothy Slippers from The Wizard of Oz. I'll say true. Flush. He collected other things mm. that turned out to be even more expensive, it says. And then mm. one last one. Christopher Walken was once a lion tamer in the circus. That has Factor to be true. Flush. 
It is true. Yeah, it has to be true. Yeah. Can you imitate him? He's impossible. Working with a lion. Wow. I can't do it. Now, he, some, I can't some guys crack. really can. That Pollock, Kevin, is it Kevin Pollock? Yeah. The actor, he does an amazing walking. Yeah, he was in A Few Good Men. Yes. He was Lieutenant Weinberg. Who's going to do it? Yeah. You, Lieutenant Weinberg? Yep. It's great. You stand there in that white uniform. <laughs> I didn't go full. No, you didn't. You, you edited that. I self-edited Harry. Yeah, right. Who's going to do it? That was one of the great scenes of all time. Oh, that, that was Bruno. Iconic. Yeah. The Eagles lost. Who's going to do it, Harry? Would you rather be a fan of the Cleveland Browns, Harry? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I just didn't like the way they ran the third down play. What's this got to do with the Browns? Well, we got to take the we got to take the the Eagles off the griddle because they're not as bad as the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, is this the is this the standard? <laughs> I'm just saying, Harry. I was wearing a Golden State tracksuit on the plane. It's not my style to rip. Yeah, I don't hate Harry. I don't hate the NBA. I hate the hype. <laughs> You go, I hate the hype. Yep. And you just be like, you're a hater. Yeah. We hate it. We should get Eunice on. We should. Is he still doing Godfather Locks? I don't know. I have no idea. Every now and then I still get messages about him. I don't know what he's up to. He was actually working for one of the newspapers up in that, in the Lehigh Valley. <gasps> I think like selling for them, like advertising and stuff, I think. Wow. Last I knew. With the North Face on? <laughs> the fleece, yeah, the fleece. I had the North, I had the North Face toque on at the beginning I of the saw program. That. I saw and it that. makes me think of Joe Eunice and harness the harness the uh, the the fleece that he wore every day. Oh, the zip, man. The full zip. Yep. Like I'm not I, a fan I, of the full zip. I go quarter zip. Yeah, I'm quarter zip. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I remember just Eunice in his final couple of weeks, where I was oh. like trying to talk him off the ledge mm. and being like, "Dude, uh, you're gonna get zipped." Like, you got to calm down. Yeah. Like, he would sit right outside the boss's office. It was where his desk was. And he would be vociferously, like, anti. And I'm, you know, saying shit. I'm like, dude, you got to you gotta calm down. Yeah, play the and game he, here a he's, little bit. He's just like, nope, I don't care. I go, well, it's coming. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm telling you, it's coming. We <laughs> tried to bring came. him back, too. I know. I know. And he, and he didn't want to do it. We offered him a Saturday, a Saturday show and everything. Is that right? Yeah, because he yeah. wanted to be on the air, and you yeah. know, he thought about it, and just he decided to take a pass. Hmm. I liked Joe too. So he, did I. He's, he's a good sportsman. So yeah, good NBA so, guy. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I've never seen a guy walk in with a bigger red rocket when it was NBA oh. opening day, or it was or baseball. day baseball. Day yeah. baseball. He loved oh. to bet the baseball. Yeah, the dude was walking in with a kickstand. Yep. He was so excited. <laughs> I know when Felix Hernandez every five days when, oh, when yeah. King Felix for the Mariners. load up, load up oh. on this one. Seven, <laughs> seven strikeouts. Yeah, you know, he giving you all the reasons. Uh huh. Tell the people, Harry, about Fudge Kitchen, one of Absolutely. our favorite places. This great, is good fudge uh, season. Great gift to, right around the holidays. Right now, sure. you got Thanksgiving next week. You got Christmas, New Year's, the whole thing, and then you know before you know it'll be Valentine's Day. And the official sponsor of Not for Long Media and the Ogs Podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen, is a staple of the Jersey Shore. They got six locations: Cape May, Wildwood, Stone Harbor, Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all their fudge right on the premises, guaranteeing a delicious product. So stop by and let them know that N4L sent you. But if you're not able to visit in person, it's not a problem because they ship across the country. Be sure to check them out at fudgekitchens.com, the original 
Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Yeah, great. That's a great item for Thanksgiving and a great item to yep. send to people that aren't in the area that want a little taste of the, the shore and mm-hmm. summertime fudge and always brings you back for sure. Um, I don't have anything left to say, Harry. Do you have any parting words for the audience here on the Odd G's podcast episode 42? Uh, no, but I say the uh, Aaron McKee and the Temple Owls better win tomorrow against Rutgers or the against season Rutgers. is in peril. Already? Yes. They've already lost two overtime games at home. They managed to hold on and beat Villanova at home. They've had three home games, lost in overtime to Wagner and blew a 15-point lead. Mm-hmm. And then they lost uh, the other night to Vanderbilt, and they had an early big lead in that game as well. They, there's some some problems if they don't wow. beat Rutgers. Problems on the campus. i got to see, yeah. do I still have McKee's number? I'd like to get him on. He's not coming on during the season. I guarantee you that. No, Blue won't come yeah. on? No, he's a great no, guy, man. He is a great guy. Yeah, but we are efforting, some... or you are efforting, uh, Jay Wright to appear on the program. Yeah, and and I've you know been back and forth with Jay, and he referred me on to some uh, somebody at CBS because now he's he's going to be doing the games uh, for CBS. And I was in, I sent them an email. They got back to me and said he's been inundated with so many requests that we're going to have to pass until we get him started. So I said I'd check back with him in like February. All right, yeah, it's perfect. Okay. To yeah, tournament, get close to tournament time and all that. Right, and we are big, big fans of Jay right here. Oh Even yeah, he's Villanova coach, and but Jay is as classy a guy. I love that he responded to you and referred mm-hmm. you on, did the things yeah. the proper way. And to me, still to this day, in the last thirty years in Philadelphia, my formative years, best coach this city has ever seen in any sport. Yeah, it's hard. It's a you can make an argument. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at the battle he had to fight with that little tiny school and on the main line, you know, mm-hmm. and to do what he did was unbelievable. And he did it with such class and dignity. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the great citizens to uh, use Pierre Robert's term of Philadelphia. Oh, Pierre, nice. Yeah. Good morning, citizens. Yes. <laughs> All right. He well, was also referenced on the Mikey Miss Angelo uh, podcast. It was an interesting yeah. I wasn't it's, aware that they tried to move oh, on yeah. to Pierre last year. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually knew that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, that is fucking bananas. I guess everybody, you got to turn the page on everybody at some point. Yep. They turn the page on me and you quick. Boom. Well, you turn the page on them, Frank. Yeah, I I dropped the hammer. Yeah, you (laughs) did. You want to turn the page? I turn the page. (laughs) Yeah. Not you. All right. uh, We'll be back next week. Episode 43 of the Odd G's podcast. Harry, have a great week. You too. And we'll talk to everybody next week on episode 43 of the Odd G's podcast. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. When they beat upon a broken guitar in all the streets, the wicked tropical charms, the embassies, lying hideous shots where tourists snow and decay. When they dance in a reptile blaze, you wear a mask. An equatorial haze into the past, a colonial.